So let's start about, uh, to talk about autonomic nervous system. Um, so the last quarter we talked about the central nervous system and, you know, like your uh, hard drive that control, you know, everything is like your brain is going to control all your nervous system. And now we are going to talk about the action of neurotransmitter and the nerve in the periphery. And the autonomic nervous system can be divided into uh, branches. You have the somatic motor system, which is responsible <coughs> for the conscious control of voluntary muscles. So it's like the skeletal muscle. Those, you control them. If you want to grab something, you are the one who determine. And if you want to walk, you, it's the voluntary uh, movement. The effector cells are the skeletal muscle cells. And then on the other hand, you have um, the autonomic nervous system, which can also be divided into two um, parts, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And this one is the involuntary uh, control of the visceral function. So it's uh, the GI function, is like the pulmonary, you don't have to think about breathing. This is all, uh, you know, autonomic, it's, um, it's an, an autonomous way. And we are, of course, going to focus on this autonomic uh, nervous system more than the somatic motor system. And <coughs> that's what is uh, summarized here. So somatic and motor system, as I said, control the skeletal muscle via the neuromuscular junction. And then you have the autonomic nervous system, which control, uh, which regulate the heart. You know, you don't have to think about, okay, I'm gonna control the beating of my heart. This one is just under the control of the autonomic nervous system. Same thing with the secretory glands, um, the salivary, uh, salivary gland, gastric, sweat, bronchi. This is just under the control of the autonomic nervous system. And then the smooth muscle, so the bronchi, the vessel, and the urogenital, and the GI system. This one is just um, autoregulated. Now, the autonomic nervous system, as I said, can be divided in two branches. And as I said, this is really the foundation of this quarter. So try to uh, really understand it, and um, because if you know what the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system are doing, it's going to be easier to understand what are the drugs that are targeting those systems, how they work. So, first of all, the parasympathetic system, it's also known as the cholinergic system, and it's, as illustrated here, is rest and digest. <laughs> so, what does it do is slow the heart rate increase the gastric secretion, empty the bladder, empty the bowel, uh, focusing on the near vision. That's so it's responsible for constr the constriction of the pupil. And then uh, contracting the bronchial uh, smooth muscle. So if you give an anticholinergic, for example, you can treat COPD, you can treat some asthma, because it's gonna do the opposite effect. It's gonna relax the uh, bronchi, uh, bronchial um, smooth muscle. 
and we'll talk about you know this in more detail, but just to explain how you should um, understand the function of it. Now you have the sympathetic nervous system, also known as the adrenergic nervous system. This system is responsible for the regulation of the cardiovascular system, and that's why um, beta blockers, which are beta antagonists, um, beta adrenergic antagonists, they're gonna uh, be acting on regulating the blood pressure, on regulating the heart rate. This system also regulates the body temperature, and then also responsible for implementing the fight or flight reaction. So if you are in an adversity reaction situation, let's say before your final or uh, what's gonna happen, you have an increase in your heart rate, your blood pressure, and then um, shunting of the blood from uh, the viscera to the skeletal muscle, dilation of the bronchi, <laughs> dilation of the pupil, and then uh, mobilizing the stored energy and provide glucose. So these are the function of the adrenergic uh, system. So you know, if um, the adrenergic system increases the heart rate, if you give an antagonist, that means it's gonna reduce the heart rate. Can you spell, is it adrenergic or adrenergic? Adrenergic, I'm gonna have a slide with it, yeah. It's like adren, okay. yeah, adrenal. Now, in terms of the innervation of those organs, um, most of the organs have both is innervated. So, for example, the heart is innervated by parasympathetic nerves and innervated by uh, sympathetic nerves. So that means it's innervating by cholinergic nerves and by adrenergic nerves. And in general, those two systems they are um, they have opposite opposite control. So, as I said the adrenergic uh, system increases the heart rate and the cholinergic slows the heart rate. So they have opposite. But in some uh, organs, such as uh, the, the male sexual organ, they have a complementary and cooperative function. For example, the para uh, parasympathetic nervous system regulates uh, direction and the sympathetic nervous system uh, control the ejaculation. So in that situation, they are um, complementary. And now few structures has only one uh, branch, so only receive one division, and the exception is the vascular system. They only receive uh, the sympathetic nervous system, and that's why all the drugs for um, treating hypertension are drugs that are gonna act on the adrenergic uh, function. This is a slide. If you know it, if you have it, you know, in your head, you're going to understand uh, the function of all the drugs that are that we are going to see uh, these quarters. Because it puts, you know, in parallel, you have the function of the cholinergic uh, system. So as I said, cholinergic or parasympathetic. So you always have to associate both cholinergic, parasympathetic, adrenergic, sympathetic, so it's the same. And so here um, you see that adrenergic dilate the pupil and parasympathetic just constrict. So it's the opposite. In terms of heart rate, adrenergic accelerate, so cholinergic slow the heart rate. In terms of uh, bronchi, so the adrenergic dilate the bronchi and 
one of the class of drug that is used for the treatment of asthma. So Ventolin, it's a beta mimetic. So that means they're gonna do the same as the neurotransmitter and they're gonna dilate the bronchi and so promote also the relaxation and reduce um, an asthma episode. Now, if the cholinergic uh, constrict the bronchi, if you want to treat COPD, you're gonna give an anticholinergic that's gonna do the opposite action. That's gonna, if the cholinergic promotes constriction, an anticholinergic gonna promote relaxation. And now in terms of um, GI system, adrenergic inhibit the peristalsis and the secretion, and the cholinergic actually stimulates the peristalsis. So as I said, rest and digest. So this one is involved in digestion. And some drugs are actually used. Some uh, cholinergic drugs are actually used to increase um, the secretion and use in uh, peptic ulcer. Not the drug of choice, but there are some that can be used. And then uh, lastly for the bladder, Adrenergic inhibit the bladder contraction, and then cholinergic contract the bladder. So we'll see that anti-cholinergic are used uh, against overactive bladder. So if you understand this, it's going to be easier to understand the mechanism of action. And you can, you know, you can add here uh, what I said, where, you know, what are the drugs that are going to be used for asthma, what is going to be used for the treatment of hypertension. As, you know, as we move on to um, see those drugs, maybe you can add them to that chart. Now, feedback regulation. <coughs> Last quarter, we talked about negative feedback. So in this case, it's not a negative feedback, it's just a feedback. So that means you have sensor neurons who are going to detect a change. So for example, for blood pressure, you have those baroreceptors, they are going to detect a change in blood pressure. So if the uh, blood pressure drops, um, the baroreceptors are going to send a signal to the brain, and then the brain uh, control the autonomic nervous system and going to give the signal to the effector organs, so to the heart and to the vessels, and said, okay, we have a decrease in the blood pressure, we want to put it back to normal, and then you're gonna have vasoconstriction, and then increase of the cardiac output just to uh, bring the blood pressure to its level. So that's the feedback regulation. Now the autonomic tone, um, as I mentioned, many of the organs as both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system and the tone is going to be the one who determine actually the regulation of that of that organ. So one of the two is going to be predominant and is going to give uh, what is called the tone. So at the steady, that's what uh, influence you know the function of that organ. So for example, the heart is predominantly uh, regulated by um, the adrenergic system and. Uh, so the branch of the autonomic nervous system that controls the organ function, it says to, prov to promote the predominant tone. And so the vasculature system is uh, almost exclusively uh, regulated by um, the central nervous system. All of the other organs, like the GI system, 
predominantly uh, regulated by the parasympathetic. Uh, same thing for uh, the lung, essentially the parasympathetic nervous system, and that's how it can be easier for you to know which uh, drug is going to be a better choice, depending if it's uh, cardiovascular disease or if it's a respiratory <coughs> uh, disease. So in terms of the um, anatomic consideration, the origin of these nerves are different. And so if you see here, uh, you see that the cholinergic system starts from uh, the cranial nerve and then you have um, from the sacroiliac uh, nerve and then all the other is more in the thoracic region for the, the adrenergic. Not that, you know, I ask you to know the anatomy, but just a general, maybe you had anatomy as a prerequisite and you might remember it. <laughs> um, now in terms of the neurons, uh, for the motor neuron, for example, you have only one neuron in the pathway. So that means from the spinal cord to your muscle, it's only one long neuron. So for example, the sciatic nerve is like the, the longest nerve that you have in your body. And it's just from the spinal cord to uh, the neuromuscular junction, for example, for the muscle of your foot. There is no really, there is no ganglia. That's for the motor neuron. Now for the, the autonomic nervous system, you have actually uh, two neuron pathways. So you have the spinal cord, you have a neuron that goes from the spinal cord to a ganglia, and then from the ganglia to the target organ. And um, in the case of the parasympathetic nervous uh, system, the ganglia lie close to the organ. So that means you're gonna have a long preganglionic pre neuron, and then the short postganglionic neuron. And for the Sympathetic nervous system is the opposite. You have a short preganglionic neuron and then you have a long, uh, yeah. It's just the anatomy, that's just how the body is done. But I'm gonna show the slide, so the next slide. So that's what, you have your, your spinal cord. And uh, so as I said, the motor neuron, you see it's along. It's a long nerve that goes all the way to, uh, to the muscle. There is no ganglia. And the importance, what you have to know is what is the neurotransmitter that is gonna be responsible to give the signal to your effector organ. So in this case, in the case of a motor neuron, you have the acetylcholine that is gonna be released and bind to the receptor that is on the muscle. And then the muscle, the response is gonna be either the contraction of your muscle or the relaxation. Now for the uh, parasympathetic, as I said, so this is from Lini, you don't see a difference between the slides, but this actually <laughs> is long, so that means your ganglia should be here, <laughs> and this one is short, so it should have been here. But, um, and then you have, so the pre-ganglionic neuron and the post-ganglionic neuron, and then here pre and post. What you have to know is that the neurotransmitter that is uh, going to be released um, here at this synapse, for the ganglia, it's always acetylcholine, no matter if it's parasympathetic or sympathetic, so it's always acetylcholine here. And the difference between this one and this one is that here you're gonna have acetylcholine for the parasympathetic, 
And here you're going to have norepinephrine, and that's why it's called adrenergic also. It's called sympathetic or adrenergic system. Because the end, uh, like the second neuron, the release is going to be uh, the norepinephrine, also known as noradrenaline. So that's why it's called adrenergic. And that's why it's important. You can actually modulate uh, the effect of these two uh, nervous systems by using agents that are going to either antagonize or agonize the receptor that are located on the target organ. So for example, if it's the lung, if you have a, um, an anticholinergic agent that's gonna bind to uh, the receptor in the lung, you're gonna have a bronchodilation. And now here, the parasympathetic, as I said, it's also innervated with, uh, lung are also innervated with um, sympathetic uh, nerve. And if you have a beta-mimetic uh, beta or beta-adrenergic drug, you're gonna promote bronchodilation as well. So you can act here, or you can act, we'll see for the um, um, blood pressure, you can act also on this synapse, but it's not as clinically relevant as acting on the effector organ, because really, if you act here, you're gonna have more adverse effect, it's not gonna be as specific as acting on the effector organ. So if you want to accelerate the heart rate, it's better to act on the receptors that are on the heart than the one that are on the ganglia. So we can take a break in 10 minutes and then move on. <laughs>